Welcome back, Brooklyn Nets fans. We have not done a Nets video in quite a while. We did a season review. I think it was 10 or 11 days after the season ended, after the sweep to the Celtics, which uh, still sucks, but it feels like it was forever ago. But today we're going to talk about some of the Nets' key offseason decisions to make with some of the guys on their own roster. As we know, guys like Kyrie Irving, Nick Claxton, Bruce Brown, Goran Dragic, and some others are set to be free agents this offseason. So we're going to mainly spend time on Kyrie Irving, of course. We're going to talk about Bruce Brown and Nick Claxton towards the end, but mainly Kyrie because that's the biggest talking point and probably the toughest decision for the Nets. Now, ultimately, I'll say it off the top, I do think Kyrie Irving is back with the Nets. Is it back on a player option? Is it on a short-term deal, long-term deal, max contract? We'll talk about that. Anyway, some of the other free agents, uh, Patty Mills, of course, has his player option. We'll see what happens there. LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond. I don't think any of those guys are back. I mean, I hope Blake Griffin is. Part of me wants him back, of course. Drummond, I don't see it happening. LaMarcus, I don't see it happening based on him getting zero minutes in the playoffs. He might just flat out retire. Goran Dragic, that's a wait and see. Steve Nash is still the head coach. They still have that connection. So that, of course, is a wait and see. So we'll find out what happens with those guys. But once again, we'll talk about Bruce Brown, Nick Clax, and Kyrie Irving. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the video. Leave a like. It always helps out. And let's get into it. So let's start with the famous Kyrie Irving quote that came after Game 4 of the Nets Celtics series. Kyrie said, I don't really plan on going anywhere. When I say I'm here with Kev, I think that it really entails us managing this franchise together alongside Joe and Sean. Of course, Joe's side, the owner, Sean Marks, the GM. And that definitely ruffled some feathers in the Nets community. And people are like, oh my God, is Kyrie Irving the GM now? And like, is he making decisions? Of course, Sean Marks went on to say, he is going to go to his best players, top guys, mainly Kevin Durant, when he's going to make a big move. He does, he does not want Kevin Durant to have stuff happen behind his back. Of course, he may get some opinions from Kevin Durant, but Sean Marks has really told us he still runs the team. He's going to make the moves, but he does not want to do things behind his best players' backs. But I'm sure guys like Kyrie and Kevin Durant and even Ben Simmons, maybe, they're going to have some influence on what this team wants to do, the direction they want to go in. And I'm sure Sean Marks is open to their opinions because, no, they're not general managers, but they play alongside these guys. They play against these guys. They know sometimes more than the general managers do. So I'm not saying Kyrie or Kevin Durant, they are not the GMs, of course, but Sean Marks is going to go to these guys for certain decisions, of course, and kind of help, um, you know, come to a collaborative or a group effort type thing. So that's the direction they want to go in. So Kyrie Irving, since joining the Nets, this kind of gets interesting now. His first year, of course, this was when Kevin Durant was sidelined the entire year. Kyrie opened up the season as the lone star on this team next to guys like Dinwiddie, Karras, Jared Allen, Joe Harris. Um, Kyrie only played 20 games in that 2019-2020 season, did not go to the bubble. He had uh, shoulder surgery. I think like a week before COVID hit. So I don't even know if Kyrie would have been like medically ready in time to play in the bubble, but obviously he did not go there. Only played 20 games out of whatever it was. Might have been like only 60, 70 games that year because it was in condensed season. Now he randomly missed seven games the next year. This was the 2020 slash 2021 season, Kevin Durant's first year playing with the Brooklyn Nets. And when Kyrie was in the middle of missing those seven games, of course, the video came out that he was at his sister's birthday party. He did not really 
informed the Nets where he was going. That was not a good move on Kyrie's part. I can definitely admit that. But that pretty much opened the door for the Nets to trade for a third superstar because the Nets looked at Kyrie Irving as unreliable, which, look, he is. I cannot, as much of a Kyrie fan as I am, I have to admit, Kyrie Irving is unreliable. So with Kyrie being unreliable, Sean Marks and Nets management looked at this situation and said, we need another star next to Kevin Durant because number 11, we cannot rely on that guy. So that, of course, kind of pushes the Nets to trade for James Harden. That whole thing happens. Now, the remainder of the season, Kyrie played in a lot of games. He played in 54 games total despite missing seven games randomly. He played 54 out of 82 in that 2020-2021 season, had the 50-40-90 season, played very, very well. Now, the next year, of course, Kyrie did turn his ankle in the playoffs that year. By the way, we all know what happened there. He missed the final, I think it was two and a half or three and a half games of that Buck series. Then this year happens, and this is when things get crazy. Of course, there was the vaccine mandate in New York. It only happened for a few teams. I believe Toronto's in there. I think maybe both Los Angeles teams might have been there. The Knicks, of course, are in there as well, and the Brooklyn Nets. And Kyrie, of course, does play for the Brooklyn Nets, and this definitely uh, impacted him. Kyrie only played 30 out of 82 games in this 2021-2022 season. Of course, opened the season not playing at all. Around Christmas time, the Nets brought him back and said, look, you can play part-time. We kind of need you, so they changed their mind there. But yes, Kyrie Irving, to sum it all up, it has been a very bumpy ride so far with the Brooklyn Nets. Has Kyrie brought us some incredible highlights and just amazing games. Yeah, we saw Kyrie score 50 in a game. I think he scored 54 in a game. He scored 60 in a game, a franchise record for a you know single game. So yeah, Kyrie has had some individually amazing moments as a Brooklyn Nets so far, and I hope to see more of that. But in terms of his availability, that is a different question. And in terms of, you know, being vaccinated and you know, not getting hurt, staying healthy, that has not happened. Now, look, I know the vaccine thing was a personal choice, but Kyrie did feel somewhat guilty about that, he later admitted. So, so look, I get it. It's a tough thing to go through. I know it only impacted only a few teams once again, so it sucks. Kind of wrong place, wrong time, but... Anyway, that's how Kyrie's tenure has been with the Nets so far. And speaking of availability and stuff like that, I forgot where I saw this stat from, but I wish I could give them credit. But anyway, Kyrie Irving played 14 games in a row to end this season. That was his most games played in a row since the 2017-2018 season. And 14 games in a row is not, I mean, it's a decent amount, but it's not what you want to hear for a guy that you're about to pay a lot of money to. So here's how it works financially with the Nets. The Nets are one of the bottom teams in the league in cap space. As we know, the Warriors are down there and the Lakers, I believe, are down there. The Nets don't have much money at all to spend. They have to be very wise about who they give money to and things like that going forward. Kyrie does have a player option, $36 million player option. And if Kyrie were to get traded, which people have suggested, him opting into this player option is probably the only way to do it. Now, the max Kyrie can sign for is a five-year, $246 million deal, which I do not see happening because Kevin Durant's only here for four more years. I think if you are Sean Marks and the Brooklyn Nets, you would like to have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's contract kind of matched up in terms of length and how much longer they're going to be here. So Sean Marks did go on to say he wants players that are selfless and available. He had that quote saying, we're looking for guys that want to be part of something bigger than themselves, play team basketball and be available. That not only goes for Kyrie, but everybody here. I know he said that last part, but we pretty much know that mainly that was taking a shot at Kyrie. And Sean Marks has had some very 
interesting things to say this offseason for the most part. Sean Marks has not really taken many shots at Kyrie in the past. It seems like this offseason, though, he's kind of putting his foot down and saying, hey, like you need to be here next year. My, my ass is on the line. My job's on the line. I need you to be here. You are the guy we're paying the second most money to on this team. I can't have you just leaving randomly. Like I need you available for next season. I get where Sean Marks is coming from. But that's kind of where the Nets are at financially right now. The Nets don't really have the money to just let Kyrie walk and go sign some other guy to a max contract. Like I don't think it's going to work like that. So it's kind of like the Nets need Kyrie and Kyrie needs the Nets because honestly... I don't know about you guys. I don't know what team out there is going to give Kyrie Irving a max contract. There are not many teams out there that can even afford to give out a max contract. Maybe teams like the Pacers, the Kings, teams that are just not contenders. Those type of teams can probably afford to give Kyrie Irving a max contract. But why the hell would Kyrie Irving at age 30 now go to a non-contender just for the money? Obviously, Kyrie does not care about the money. He missed... X amount of games this year, what was it, uh, 52 games this year, and lost a lot of money doing so. So obviously Kyrie is not in this thing for the money. He wants to be happy. He wants to be around a group of guys he likes. He wants to win, wants to be here with Kevin Durant, as he reiterated. So in conclusion, the Nets basically have to re-sign Kyrie. I don't see how this can go a different way. Kevin Durant joined here with uh, Kyrie Irving, and I don't think Kevin Durant wants to see him go. I cannot see a scenario where Kyrie Irving leaves the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant's like, all right, I'm cool with that. Like, I, I just don't see it happening whatsoever. Kyrie loves this area, grew up a Brooklyn Nets fan, wants to be a part of this team. Kyrie has said on multiple occasions he wants to stay with Brooklyn. And sure, if the Nets let Kyrie Irving go, okay, you're getting rid of the headache. I get all that. But like, what are you going to replace Kyrie Irving with? That's the thing people fail to recognize is like, okay, Okay, you can say get rid of Kyrie Irving, but who are you going to replace him with? Like, which realistic option out there is going to work, especially with the Nets cap situation and the lack of like cap movement they can make? And like, they, they can't really make things work being so far in the red in terms of cap space. Like, it, it's kind of like when people in this New York area say, I want this coach fired, but they don't offer a replacement. Like, I'm guilty of this myself saying, I want Steve Nash fired, but I don't know who's going to replace him. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, there's got to be someone better than Steve Nash out there, but at the end of the day, I don't really know which candidate it would be. So yeah, I, I guess these kind of things happen, but it doesn't really make any sense for the Nets to let Kyrie walk. And if you wanted to sign and trade him or Kyrie picks up the player option and you want to trade him, what are you getting back for Kyrie Irving and what team can afford to take him? Like I, I get... I get the idea of wanting to trade him for like some valuable assets, but if you're a contending team out there that has good players, why are you going to give up good assets for Kyrie Irving, a guy that we already know is unreliable and probably doesn't want to be there? Like if Kyrie got traded to the Warriors, hypothetically, does Kyrie even want to play for the Warriors? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like he wants to be on this team. He wants to be in this area closer to home. I don't even know if Kyrie wants to do that. So at, at this point, as I mentioned, it's like the Nets need Kyrie and Kyrie needs the Nets. It's like these guys need each other, both these teams, this guy, they need each other. And I do think it gets done. I, I would be surprised if it's the five-year deal for $246 million. I think it'll be more of that four-year deal for I think it was $182 million, I think the number was. And what I do hope happens is that there's a lot of incentives with this contract. I hope that the Nets have a baseline for Kyrie has to play X amount of games to make 
X amount of dollars. Like, I hope the Nets don't just fully guarantee his contract and just give it out. I just hope there are a lot of incentives uh, in this contract. Now, I think the best thing that could happen for the Nets is that Kyrie picks up the player option for $36 million and he plays out this year. If Kyrie plays out this year and plays over 60 games and shows you he's going to be reliable and not just take random breaks and stay healthy, then hey, like Kyrie's going to get the, I guess, three-year extension at that point to stay um, on par with Kevin Durant. And the Nets go from there. But I, I just find it hard to believe they want to exactly I don't I don't think they feel a hundred percent comfortable investing the next four years into Kyrie Irving. Like so much can go wrong there, of course, but it is something they pretty much have to do, which is the downside to it. And I don't want to make it sound like it's a bad thing. Kyrie Irving is an amazing talent, of course, but there is a lot of baggage with him. We do know that. I don't want to see him play for another team, but look, all I want is a championship. And if the Nets can get a championship with or without Kyrie on the roster, then so be it. But I think the Nets' best chance of getting to the championship is by having Kyrie on this roster. Now on to Bruce Brown and Nick Claxton. So Bruce Brown, we We've heard some rumors that he wants somewhere from $10 million to $12 million per year, and it might be like a two or three year contract. So the Nets, if they're going to make this investment with Bruce Brown, they have to know what they're getting into, of course. This is not just a little one-year, $4 million contract. Like, no, this is a two or three-year investment for $10 to $12 million. So Unless what we saw with Bruce Brown last year was a fluke towards the second half of the season, I think he probably is worth around $10 million per year, but will the Nets go in that direction? Once again, they're going to have an opportunity to re-sign him. It all depends on Joe Sy, the owner. Does he want to pay even more with the luxury tax? The Nets have been over the luxury tax for three years in a row now, so the penalty just keeps getting higher and higher, and Joe Sy has to pay more and more. So if they do sign Bruce Brown to a pretty decent-sized contract, a multi-year deal, 10 to $12 million per year, you know, it's going to put up that luxury tax and Joe Sy will have to pay more out of his own pockets, but that is just the price you have to pay for winning right now. That's the kind of situation that's are in. So Bruce Brown, it's a tough one because we have seen moments of brilliance from Bruce Brown. You can go, even go back to the Celtics series. Game one, complete dud, did absolutely nothing. Games two and three, Bruce Brown was incredible. Maybe the best player for the Nets on the floor in games two and three. And then game four, I mean, he was okay. He didn't really play in the second half, I feel like, in that game. So it's not like Bruce Brown is a, no pun intended, slam dunk. Like, you know, this is an easy contract to take here for the Nets. There has to be some thought put into it, but... Bruce Brown does have that feistiness, that dog in him, and it definitely brings a lot of energy, and I, I do like that. The Nets need a guy like that, but it is a bit pricey now. This is not the Bruce Brown, you know, of a guy we're only paying a few million dollars per year for. This is now, you have to make a pretty decent investment here, as we know, so... I do ultimately think he's back with the Nets, but it wouldn't shock me. Like, I think Nick Claxton and Bruce Brown, I think there is a world where maybe one of those guys is not on the Nets roster next year. I do want to see both of them back, and I do think it would benefit the Nets uh, the most. Of course, having rights to re-sign uh, Claxton because he's a restricted free agent. I just, you know, it would make the most sense, but I guess based on the financial situation here and maybe Joe Sy not wanting to pay more... I could see it happening. So I prefer to have them both back, but I could see a world where maybe that doesn't happen. So as for Nick Claxton, it was rumored that he wants a three-year, $35 million contract. So you're paying him like a little under $12 million per year, basically. 
And once again, that's a good amount of money. That's not a cheap little one-year deal. Once again, a multi-year investment for a guy in Claxton who's like 23, 24, still a very young guy, still has a high ceiling. What the guy can do on defense as an on-ball defender, a guy that can switch on any position, a shot blocker, finishing lobs, he's great at that stuff and I think can get even better. But in terms of shooting, that's the problem here. Like Nick Claxton is going to have a limit for how good he can be. We saw how much he struggled at the free throw line during that Boston Celtics series. I had to look this up. Claxton shot four for 41 in the playoff series against Boston. That's a 9.8 free throw percentage. So yes, it was very embarrassing. It has to get much better. Claxton during the regular season was not a liability at the free throw line. He shot like what, 55, 56%. It wasn't good, but it wasn't like God awful, like 9%. So I'm sure a lot of it was mental, but yeah, Nick Claxton, I would feel much more comfortable about giving him this type of contract if he was shooting even like 65% from the line. Shooting four of 41 at the line during a playoff series is an absolute killer. And it may have lost the Nets multiple games, especially game four during that Celtic series. So of course, Claxton has to get better in that area. And as I said, I do think he can get better Better. I mean, I'm sure he does take care of his body, but we've seen some injuries pop up. He had that weird sickness last year, the illness he had. So I don't know. I mean, there's, there's not, it's not a guarantee with Claxton that everything's going to go very smooth, but you know, I do have more confidence in Bruce Brown's availability and things like that. But I do feel like Nick Claxton has a higher ceiling as a player. So I guess both guys have things they're better at, if that makes sense. Now, the Nets do have some ability to make moves. They still have that $11 million exception from the Spencer Dinwiddie trade. So that's $11 million extra that the Nets can spend. They have $6 million extra from the DeAndre Jordan trade and a $6.3 million taxpayers mid-level exception. So if they want to give out like a it's probably like a Patty Mills type contract, like that type of contract to somebody. They have the ability to do that. I'm sure they can use one of these trade exceptions if they were to make a trade this offseason, like if they trade Joe Harris, for instance, or someone like that. If Ben Simmons gets flipped shockingly, I guess it might not be shockingly, but still, you know what I mean? So like they have a few ways they can go about it here to improve this roster. But ultimately, I want to see all three of these guys back being Kyrie Irving, Nick Claxton, and Bruce Brown. I could see one of Claxton or Brown not being back once again, but I just hope they're all back because this team, they need continuity. They need the best possible roster, of course. I feel like letting those guys walk, it's not going to make this team better. Like, sure, there are some replacements out there, but if you let Bruce Brown walk, I mean, like, who can you really bring back that's going to play the exact Bruce Brown role? He's a pretty unique player for the most part. And guys like Nick Claxton, they exist, but they're going to cost a decent amount of money. Like, Clint Compella is the number one comparison for a Nick Claxton type player. And we know what type of contract he has with the Atlanta Hawks. So it's like, you know, the Nets kind of are in a position where, sure, they can let these guys go, but like, can you really replace them? You know what I mean? Like, I guess they can technically, but it's tough to find guys as good as they are. So I do hope the Nets bring them all back. So to close it all out here, we'll kind of entertain this little idea here of uh, LeBron James going to the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen at all, but... I guess crazier things have happened. I know, you know, if you go back to the New, uh, the New Jersey days, we wanted LeBron James back in that 2010 offseason when he joined the Miami Heat. I think he had an interview with the Nets and Mikhail Prokhorov and Jay-Z at the time. Of course, he did not pick the Nets. I don't think they were ever, I don't think they were ever like a serious um, contender, I guess, in the LeBron James sweepstakes at the time. I feel like it was down to the Heats, the Cavs, and the Bulls. So maybe 12 years later, we get LeBron James finally. But no, I mean, 
Of course, it would be like a Ben Simmons trade for LeBron James, and I'm sure the Nets would have to add some other pieces as well, but I guess there have been some rumblings about it for a reason. I don't know if LeBron's like entirely happy in LA. He might look at that roster and go, oh, this is not the best situation. Not to say the Nets are the best situation either. They definitely have their flaws, but I do feel the Nets roster, even without LeBron James right now, is closer to a championship-level team than the Los Angeles Lakers. So a few things have to happen, of course. Number one is LeBron even wants out of LA. Number two is LeBron wants to go to Brooklyn. Number three is that the Lakers agree to trade him. Like, there's a lot of things that have to go right in this situation, of course. Like, who knows if the, you know, Lakers even wants Ben Simmons. That's a problem, so... I have no idea, but it would be awesome to see that happen. Kyrie Irving has kind of apologized to LeBron since leaving him in Cleveland, saying he was immature at the time and things like that. They seem to be on good terms. Kevin Durant, LeBron James, they used to work out together a while ago. I know it hasn't happened in a while, but I'm sure those guys have at least a decent relationship. I'm sure they can put egos aside and try to win a championship or two if you were to join the Nets, but ultimately, as I always say as a Nets fan, even if LeBron joined here, something would go wrong. That's how the Nets are. If something, I feel like LeBron would join here and then something would just go crazy and just not go right for this team as usual. So I know he's up there in age, but if you have a chance to acquire LeBron and have him for even a couple years, I mean, it's probably worth it at that point, especially with the timeline this team is on with Kevin Durant being 34 next year. I feel like the age of LeBron James is not the biggest thing in the world. There was the other part of it. I think someone tweeted at LeBron. He was answering Twitter questions and someone said, if you were up against um, Pippen and Jordan, who would be your teammates to try and beat them? And obviously he said Kobe, he said Kyrie, and he said KD. So of course, you know, with two of those guys being on the Nets, people are like, ah, LeBron, you know, might go to Brooklyn. So look, I don't take it seriously right now. If you know, there is a uh, a tweet by a Sham Sharania type guy, and he says, oh, LeBron wants out of LA, then I'm going to start to get excited. But for right now, at least, it's just a fun rumor. I don't see it going anywhere, but still, you never know. So we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, just don't get your hopes up. Anyway, that's going to do it for the video. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. We'll talk more Nets offseason as the offseason goes on, as the NBA playoffs wind down here. It's been pretty boring, honestly, the past few games. Nothing really exciting has happened. This Celtics Heat series, I've been watching closely, but none of these games are close right now. We saw Boston make that comeback. They cut it to a one-point game in game three, but the Heat held on, so right now it's not very fun, and I'm sure the, the Warriors have a chance tonight to sweep the Mavericks. We'll see what happens there, but for all intents and purposes, that series is over, as we know, so yeah, we'll see what happens the rest of the playoffs. I just don't want the Celtics to win. I know for some people, like, they root for the team that beats them to win the championship championship. I am not that way. Last year, I despised Milwaukee. I did not want them to win a single thing. And this year, I despise Boston. That's just how I feel. That's how I am as a sports fan. If you beat my team in the playoffs, I'm not going to like you. That's just that's just how I am. I know some people see it the other way and go, well, you know, if they win the championship, it makes us look better. Like, no, nah, I don't want them enjoying the success that I wanted my team to have. F that. So hopefully the Warriors win the finals is what I'm saying. Anyway, that's going to do it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed and I'll talk to you guys next time.